0: Episode number three. Let's go. Welcome to the Weight Training Podcast with your host, Tracy Waite. Welcome back to the Weight Training Podcast. Thank you guys so much for being here. If we haven't met, my name is Coach Tracy Waite, and this podcast is dedicated to highlighting the mindsets, the experiences... And the information that high performing coaches that are doing it right, and information that athletes are utilizing to help take their performance to the next level, and highlighting it here in this podcast so that all of us, including myself, can gain some insight from it and get better and help ourselves to grow and to take that leap to the next level. Today, we have an interview with Chief David Westrick of the Hollister Police Department, and he embodies. What it is that I'm doing, which is highlighting people that are doing things right. And I think you're going to get a lot out of his insight, his mindsets, and the way that he coaches both himself as well as those police officers in his department. And so I can't wait to share the information he's got with you. Thank you so much for being here, Dave. And without further ado, here's Chief David Westrick. Hey, Dave Westrick. Thanks so much for coming on the Weight Training Podcast.
1: Pleasure. I
0: love it. You are somebody that I've uh, had my eye on through all that you're doing in social media. We don't find too many police chiefs that are as active on social media as Dave Westrick is. And I'm a big fan of people who are creating a sense of community and are being as transparent as possible and honest. Because I think that uh, the better we are in communicating um, just better understanding there is and that's how people come together and there's less misunderstandings and there's less uh fear of certain types of uh groups or people or you know the the police obviously have been in the the news a lot over the last couple of years so i just wanted to have you on and chat a little bit about uh your
1: role as police chief so why
0: don't you give us a little idea how it is that you made your way to law
1: enforcement so, you know, you mentioned, um, you know, transparency, community. Those, those are two super important concepts for me. And, you know, I'll talk about that a little bit later. But, you know, the question is, you know, how did I find myself in law enforcement? Well, you know, it was one of those things when you're growing up and you're trying to choose the path that you're going to go on. And I think it's about trying to find that currency that makes you tick, that thing that, that makes you happy. And I, at, early on when I was, especially in high school and, and maybe even before that, um, I really felt, you know, my happiest expressing myself in, in writing. I want to be a writer. Um, I actually wrote for a couple of, uh, local papers. I did some sports articles in high school. I got hired to do that. I think I was making like twenty-five cents a column width or something like that, and then awesome, five or six bucks a picture or something. But anyway, um, and and what I realize is, uh, you know, it's and I still do today. I, writing is very uh, freeing. It's it's uh, for me. It's one of those things that I have these stories in my head, and I want to, you know, I want to kind of put them out and, and all that. But so it's like a creative
0: that, creative outlet for you.
1: Right, right. So how that relates to what I ended up doing really is, you know, law enforcement is about 96% writing. It's it's truly seeing things and then recalling those and then writing those things in a police report. I mean, that's that's the whole job really. It's you're a trained observer and you're observing Things happen. You're 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 talking to folks. You're you're asking questions, and then you're writing a report, and sending that report to either to a DA or the court or somewhere else, or just maybe just to record it all. And I really I really started enjoying that because what I enjoyed was that interaction with people and that chance in my head that I could make some sort of effective, positive change in a person's life. Now, heck, police officers do all kinds of things. They, they're counselors, they're, sometimes they're nurses, sometimes they're, they're, uh, they're priests, sometimes they're, they're judges. Uh, You know, it's, there's, there's all kinds of different things that you do, you know, sometimes you have to be an athlete. um, (laughs) And it's one of those things that, that it, you know, I have relatives that were police officers when I was a kid. And, um, I honestly didn't think about it too much. I want to be a journalist, but then I thought, wait a minute, I could kind of combine this kind of thing, I combine my love of writing and my love of people into a job that maybe I can make effective change with. And so, uh, you know, once I, I, uh, realized that was the path I wanted to do, um, I was, I was all in and, uh, went to some college, uh, didn't, didn't finish it had to finish that later actually um but i went to the police academy and um you know uh, for me it was like a duck to water uh i was all in and it did offer all those things it offered that chance to to help people in a different way every single day and heck you could even say hey you know arresting someone is helping them I, i actually i've gotten actually thank thank you cards from folks that over the years i've arrested i had a guy God, it was probably 10 years ago, maybe longer. I arrested him for DUI. And I think it was his third DUI. And he was having some alcohol issues. And he wrote me this really long thank you letter thanking him about, thanking me about taking him to jail. Um, and, you know, I was respectful and all those things. And it was his third DUI. So it was a very serious one. And I, I remember talking to him and telling him, and this is kind of the same spiel that everybody would, when they're drinking and all that, I'm, I'm, I'm telling him, hey, listen, there's a better way to do this. You know, this... This is not the way that society you know, is going to accept you. If you're out dry, drinking and then driving, you're going to hurt somebody or hurt yourself. And so the guy actually got himself help, got himself cleaned up. And, and he, you know, he was it was really kind of nice. He sent me a letter. Didn't have to, but he did. And that's I mean, I've had I've had those before now. But I also think a small success is just having that contact with that little kid who maybe is having a bad day. And you can sit there and and talk to them and counsel them, and then and you know maybe suggest different alternatives to their their behavior. So, yeah, being a police officer is definitely within my wheelhouse. Um, Sounds like a job. uh,
0: Sounds like uh, you mentioned a lot of different things that police officers are, but sounds like uh, there's a lot of commonalities to a coach in there. You're right. That's exactly it. Well, I'm all about coaching. That's what this podcast is about. So that's <laughs> why you're on Big D. <laughs> right. So I've Bring got some, some questions. Um, obviously, you've put your own personality and your flair into your job. Um, I don't think that they teach being a police chief in um, any colleges, really. So give me a little bit of an idea of how you started to feel comfortable and how it is that you're, you know, implementing how you're being the police chief you know as far as social media and community involvement and you know, just how transparent you like to be
1: tell me a little so bit about where a, you got huge, those ideas that's a huge question okay I'll, I'll break it up into small parts for you so we can digest this a little bit and make it easy for us perfect um you're right about about the job as far as uh, there's a lot of commonalities with coaching and i'll give you some really good examples of that so one of my things that I actually got the honor of being assigned to early on in my career, was as a training officer and that's really showing police officers how to be police officers. And I was super lucky as as in my adolescence as a police officer, I was trained by three or four of, in my opinion, some of the greatest police officers I've ever met. And that's the truth. Um, I, I, They were the greatest ones I've ever met, and I would argue that they are probably some of the greatest I've ever met.
0: Let me ask you a question real quick. So because you had that experience with those great teachers or mentors and police officers that uh, you really bought into and you loved how it was that they communicated and taught you the trade of being a law enforcement officer, did that uh, really lock you in and did that help your career and did that help you be – you know, where you are today?
1: Definitely. Um, there, there are three or four different personalities. Okay. So I took something from every one of these, these men that trained me and I sort of brought my own, if you will, flair to it. And, you know, combined with just some of the interests that I had at the time, um, it was, it was a great learning environment. If you have people that are, are willing to be patient with you and to, uh, you know, let you learn by making mistakes, man, I got to tell you, that's, a, that's a great coach right there. Absolutely. Um, and, and I got and that's how, and just to get to my point, I became a trainer, I think with about 13 or 14 months on, and I can tell you that that's kind of uncommon in this line of work. It's usually four or five years, but, I don't know why I think the department trusted me. I don't know. Maybe I honestly, I thought, I think I was a little bit inexperienced to be a trainer, but you know, there, there we go. I became a trainer. Um, but I tell you, I applied all the lessons that these great men that trained me, um, brought them into my training. Um, and I I gotta tell you, it was training police officers was, and still is probably one of my favorite things I've ever done. I've trained probably around 50, I would guess. Maybe more. That's awesome.
0: So you obviously have had an impact on others. We have a saying in athletic coaching, especially with youth in the youth capacity, is never be someone's last coach. And what that means is that you do such a great job of sharing your trade that someone else falls in love with it and becomes passionate and wants to put 100% into it because of how it was that you were coaching them. Because conversely, if somebody does a bad job or really turns you off or is you know a negative, uh, abrasive type of a coach, it can really turn you off from that sport
1: or from that uh, line of work. Do you agree with that? I totally agree with that. And I had some examples of both positive and negative early in my career. And I wanted to be a positive change. And, and that's kind of why I sort of started going up the ladders promoting and, and taking tests and going back to school and that kind of stuff because um i wanted to perpetuate uh, a positive environment uh, a safe environment and for my for my um my field i wanted to to ensure that for many many years down the road that we would continue to to improve and just kind of per- perpetuate that positive sort of role models, um, and the people that I train my mother, um, years ago, uh, you know, she, she was teaching at, I think she was teaching at Fresno State at the time, or maybe it was high school. I'm not sure. Um, but she sat down with me and she, she told me about Mahatma Gandhi and and that's when I kind of became a sort of a a geek for Mahatma Gandhi. But anyway, (laughs) I I am, I I admit, I kind of am, but anyway, he said, be the change that you want to be or see. Um, and, I got to tell you that that's that's something that I've kind of held dear to me uh, my whole career. I I think that that training people uh, and being that example perpetuates itself, especially if it's positive, perpetuates itself just by example. Yep. You know, and and that's important.
0: I agree. I'm, I'm so glad I had you on. You got some good things to say, Big D. Uh, <laughs> hey, let's shift gears real quick. Sure. Tell me um, in your You know, from your personal opinion, what does good look like when it comes to being a police officer? What kind of things do you coach your officers to do or to be? What does that look like?
1: You know, the most important thing, lesson I will tell anyone, and that's law enforcement officers or even just about anybody, please listen more than speak, okay? (laughs) I mean, seriously, when I say listen truly listen to someone. Okay. When you're trying to solve a problem, it's better that you listen to them and don't, don't tell them things. Listen to what that what's going on here. Get a picture of whatever the problem is. Okay. Because without having that, you're not gonna be able to solve any problems. You gotta, you gotta listen. The other thing is, 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 you know, I, I think that this is something that no one, well, not no one. I, many people don't have is just have patience with people, okay? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, listen, we all at one point didn't know how to do what we do, okay? Whether it play golf, whether it's to, you know, go uh read a book, we all had to start at square one at some point. So just have some patience. And again, listen more than speak.
0: That's awesome. That's great advice. We have uh, a sane with my day job that I do in sales is we teach uh, some of the nurses and staff members in some of the facilities I go into. Whenever there's some type of uh, uh, misunderstanding or an argument to do what we call three letters or three words, stop, look, listen, you know, before you act. And by doing those three things, you can gain a lot of information as to what your next step should be. So I like that.
1: Yeah, and, and what's funny is that's exactly the same concept we use in law enforcement too. Stop, look and listen. I could tell you that uh I trained a guy uh named Sheldon, he's a good guy, and we were going to a burglary call and I just gave him the lesson, hey, remember stop, look and listen. You know. The 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 sometimes, you know, uh the the the, the slower bird gets the worm, you know, kind of a thing. So yeah. Right. Um, so we, w- here's what he, he literally stops in the intersection, right? Turns his lights off <laughs> and we're looking and listening. Right. And sure as, as all be the bad guys don't see us, of course, and they run out in the middle of the street in the dark and we just kind of get out of our cars and we, we, we take the jail. <laughs> I said, I go, I go, Hey, Sheldon, it actually doesn't usually work that good. Okay. <laughs> but, but this is a good example of it actually works. Anyway. He'll,
0: he'll never forget it after that <laughs>
1: right <laughs> he
0: was locked in so tell us a little bit about um what's your daily routine is like let's start out in the morning what is what is chief westrick's morning routine like from when you get up uh what are the first things you do before you go to work what, what's that look like
1: so i you know i get up uh, uh real early about four forty in the morning okay and this is every day i go to bed early every night i Latest I get up, stay up is about nine thirty. That's that's pretty late for me. Hey, me too. Anyway, so I get up at four forty, uh, and I get dressed. I go immediately to the gym, and uh, five thirty is when my CrossFit starts, the CrossFit class or gym starts. But between five and five thirty, I'm usually reading email from you know the day before, the night before from work. So I'll sit there in my car, read the email. It's nice, kind of relaxing. Um, I'll drink a, you know, usually some kind of a, you know, uh, energy drink or usually it's a shake that, you know, some sort of creatine or something, something. Anyway, then I go to I'll do the gym um, and uh, CrossFit or any sort of, uh, you know. um, Regime like that, you know, it's going to be high intensity, sometimes high reps, that kind of stuff. It's great for me. It's perfect for me because um, that's the kind of stuff that I respond to. Um, And then I'll come home uh you know 5:45 or so uh usually i will help either feeding or uh, with we have a bunch of animals um hang out with the wife a little bit make maybe make breakfast for my daughter okay make some coffee of course and then um you know i'll go take a shower get dressed uh go to work i try to be uh in work 7:30, 8 o'clock something like that um again probably read an email again um and depends on what the day is i've got a pretty busy schedule uh you know, I'm in charge of a municipal law enforcement agency, but also in charge of animal control for the entire county. So there's a lot of stuff that goes on with that. I'm also, you know, active in, you know, many organizations within our um, area here. So lots of things I'm doing. I'm, I'll be the president of Rotary next year uh, locally. Oh, awesome. Um,
0: Congratulations.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, um, I'm a director on uh, the major rodeo here. Um, I do a lot of... um social media and some web stuff for some other, the high school rodeo district. So there's a lot of stuff that I do that I, that I really enjoy, but you know, at the end of the day, what pays the money is the chief job. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, Monday through Thursday, cause I work a four, I work a four, um, eight to five, eight to six, it'd be usually eight to six ish. Okay. Um, I, uh, I'm, I'm at the PD, um, this is a great time of year for me honestly because it's right after budget which is which is pretty stressful. We got our budget done. Um, and then it's kind of before uh, the you know the holidays uh, holidays sometimes because the, the people get kind of you know a little bit
0: uh, you know there's there's some active out there
1: yeah. issues sometimes at <laughs> the holidays. So, we have to deal with that a little bit. Um, and then, of course, um, we here locally have the, uh, a motorcycle rally that's huge. That's in July. Um, it's about the biggest one on the West Coast that we have to prepare for. So, um, so it's a big guys, deal.
0: You guys provide support for that rally? Is that what you do? Well,
1: yeah, we, we provide. Um, I, I run all the public safety at the rally. It's a motorcycle rally, so it's it's humongous. Um, it's like a West Coast Sturges, um,
0: okay. which all is, right.
1: you know, it's a, it's a big deal. but That's awesome. Uh, and then, And then I have meetings at night. I have them all the time. I've got city council meetings twice a month. I've got uh, a couple of boards that I'm on, you know. So it it keeps us on our toes, you know. And I've got a a daughter who's a sports person, you know. She does rodeo. She does basketball. Uh, Right now, she's the quarterback for Powder Puff Football. Oh, wow. Um, So, you know, she's – actually say she's getting back from training right now. Um, So it's – and I've got a a wife who uh, loves animals and uh, we're constantly – fostering something new that's furry and cute and, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's a busy day.
0: So how do
1: you stay organized? What do you
0: use to schedule out your day?
1: That's a super good question. And here's the secret to that, okay? Everybody has a different thing that they probably respond to well, okay? And my thing is for work, I have – the world's greatest assistant okay she is literally the world's greatest assistant her name's Eva she keeps my life in order she's amazing and I don't miss any meetings because of of the way that she handles that part what what she does for me really because I'm the guy who has to to show up she she will schedule it and then if there's any sort sort of supporting documents she makes sure that I either have access to that or I know about it OK, which what well, that's important. OK, no. But okay. here's the thing. I have a wife who's even more amazing when it comes to um, <laughs> to organize organizing um, because she keeps lists. She's on top of stuff. Um, honestly, uh, I would be a complete mess without my wife. Um, that's that's no joke. I always give her credit for that because, uh, you know, I'm going, going, going all the time. I mean, I, literally, I'm at I'm at a a time for some meetings where I'm at like a five minute clip, I have to go to a meeting. I'm there for five minutes. Then I go, I'll say whatever I need to say. And then I go to the next meeting, that kind of stuff. So um, I'm busy.
0: You were busy. That's, that's why I asked that question because you uh, have to
1: have, you have to supporting cast, which you have to have a perfect one. Absolutely.
0: Well here, here for uh, the supportive wives out there that are, the organizational component to many men. That's the same way right. in my life. So. Exactly. Plus, you've got another one at work with an assistant, so I think yeah. I, I need to subscribe to that. That sounds like yes. really the way to go. That's awesome. Yes. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about uh, – I'm very interested in how fitness and exercise and health and wellness um, fits into somebody's life. So tell me a little bit about um, – Your story is probably similar to mine. We were both active in high school. We both uh, were athletes in high school, and then we get out of high school, um, go to college or go to police (laughs) academy, and we get married, and you know, career stuff. We start getting really busy, and so fitness and staying in shape really isn't top of mind or a priority at all. Start start putting on some weight. You know, we aren't really as fit as we used to be. Tell me a little bit about uh how that story looks for you.
1: You know, that's it's it's a it's an old story. It's exactly that, you know. Um you're right, you know, we were both athletes and I was I loved loved doing sports. And then you then you you know, you you get out of high school and and uh my athletics actually kind of carried me through uh the police academy um because that was super tough. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Holy moly, that was that tough. Um and then, you know, my career took over. And, uh, I could tell you when I really noticed it, um, when I was, when I was, I knew that I was like so ridiculously out of shape was when I got a job or a promotion or I'm sorry, an assignment where I was no longer on the road. I was a detective, right? I had a desk. Okay. And I got to tell you that I bet you, I probably swelled up the size of a rhinoceros. I mean, goodness gracious. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because, and I tell you, it, it was because I, it was just a different, it was a lifestyle change. I was not out there, you know, busy running around doing the things that you're supposed to do. So, um, when I started sort of really paying attention to it, um, and honestly it was, it was way late. It was, it was only, gosh, what, when I was 47, 48 years old. So it's only been two or three years now. Um, I was, I, I kind of ballooned up and down with weight. i have been on diets. I'd lost weight, gained weight, that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, but what I found myself was I'd get home from work, I'd just go to sleep. I had no energy. Yeah. My the battery was done, right? Yeah. And so I I told my wife, I go, I go, listen, I go, I've got to make a change here. I've got to do something about this. Um and I I thought, okay, what can I do? And I started, started kind of looking around and stuff, and I, I saw a a video uh on social media one day and it was it was it was a CrossFit gym, and they were pushing sleds or weighted sleds, right? Okay. To me, it looked kind of fun. It kind of looked like football. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I thought, well, that was kind of cool. And I actually commented. And I said, "Hey, that looks really fun." And the gal who owned the gym says, "It is. You should try it out." Right. <laughs> I had I had no idea what I was getting into, honestly. <laughs> um, and I had I had done a bunch of stuff. You know, as you know, I do a lot of public stuff, and and uh, we do selfies and pictures and all kinds of goofy stuff, but. I actually met her and I didn't know it before, right? Oh. So I, I contacted her. I told my wife what I'm going to do. She said, God, go for it if you want to, you know, what the heck, you know? And, um, I did the, you have to do a thing called a CrossFit test before you do it. Oh, is it like um, a, a baseline test to see It's where like a baseline. Yeah. It's a baseline. You do 500 yards in a rower. and you do some squats. And, okay. Um, I think you hit the kettlebells and that kind of stuff. And anyway, it's, oh, I think you do ups or situps or something. Anyway, whatever it was. I, I was fairly sure I was going to die. Okay. <laughs> because I had I'd done nothing for years. Right. But I tell, I told, and I told the coach, I said, I go, wow, that was really tough. But I, I think if this is what it is, this is kind of what I'm looking for, you know? So, um, I started going and I haven't stopped and, and I got to tell you what it does for me. Um, and I, and you can quote me on this. I think that physical fitness Is probably the best gift you can give yourself, right? It truly
0: is. What I tell people is, it's it's one component of personal development. You know, like we read personal development books, or we go to trainings or seminars or TED talks, but physical fitness and health and wellness is one part of that.
1: Yeah, I got to tell you, for me, um, you know, I've done. I never did a. I've never done a run before a 5k, 10k, you know, that kind of stuff. I've never done that before. Heck, since I've been going, I've done a ton of them. Um, I've done, uh, the obstacle course, race. I've done the mud runs, all those things. And, and I, I continue to, I continue I'm committed to do that. I, it, to me, it's, it's, again, it's a gift that I'm giving myself and my energy is through the roof. That's, awesome. uh, And it's, to me, it's, it's great, you know, and I, and I, I mean, I'm like, gosh, man, I should have done this 20 years ago. Good Lord. But I still feel great.
0: Yeah. It's better uh, now than never. Right. Right. So do you feel like, uh, you have some accountability built in there to where if you don't show up, somebody's going to know it and they're going to call you on it?
1: Yes, absolutely. But, um, you know what? I got to tell you that, um, I I'll be 50 in October this year, big and birthday coming up, <laughs> big big one. Yeah. It's a, the big one. But, um, and I do think that you're, I think that I do have some accountability and I do think that I would get called. I know the coaches call me and I do, I know that the folks that that I go with would call me, but I, I got to tell you for me, this is all about the, the battle within my own mind. You know, yes. um, I I'm not trying to, outlift a 25 year old guy. It's not gonna happen, right? <laughs> nope. There's no way it could happen. But I will say this, I like to challenge myself, and that's why you know the gym I go to, you know, you can you constantly know what your 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 you know your your previous record was. Um and you know whatever it is. So if it's so if you've done this many reps, you know maybe I can do two more or maybe I can lift five more pounds, whatever it is. You know, is. I'm, I'm just battling it with myself. And, and I got to tell you, that's, it's, a, it's a great motivator for me. For me personally, it is. Has it helped you with your job? I think it has, definitely. Um, I can tell you that the first year that I was doing CrossFit, I'd only been doing it maybe three or four months, and I had a rally to go to. Now, the rally is where I'm on my feet for three days, okay? Wow. And I'm literally – walking miles and up on miles every single day. Uh, and, uh, it's, it's, it's tough sledding man. It's for anybody. It's tough sledding. I can tell you that I had done a rally the year before that and I was, uh, my feet hurt, my legs hurt. I was sore for weeks. I was a mess. Right. But this one, I felt great, man. I mean, I, I was running. I was, I mean, I hadn't arrested a bad guy in years, right? Because (laughs) I'm a chief for goodness gracious. I mean, I I mean, but I was doing that kind of stuff because I was one of the first guys to get there, you know, that kind of stuff. So, um, so yeah, it's been great for my job. It also helps me honestly with my attention span, just my overall energy. It's great. Do you think
0: I'm a big fan of leading by example and I'm sure that police officers have to periodically go through some type of a PT test to make sure that they can uh, perform the job. Do you think that it uh, has had an impact on any of your officers that uh, Chief Westrick is in shape and he he doesn't just talk the talk; he walks the walk.
1: Well, you know that's a that's a really good question, and um, that got tested this last year. Uh, I challenged um, our our guys and gals that work the PD to help me raise funds for special Olympics. Okay. And the way that they do it here local is there's a, you do a five K do a torch run. And you got to carry this torch for, you know, 3.2 miles. Okay. Wow. And you know, the team does that and you know, we all do it right. Well, um, we, we raised, uh, more money than pretty much anybody in the whole area, but here's the cool thing. The chief was out there running with these, with the, all these young officers and we ran the whole time. We did. We did the whole five k. Uh, you know, it's it's road running, which I can't stand, by yeah. the way. Um, but it was on a road the whole time. It was just pretty much terrible. Um, you know, shin split city. You know that kind of stuff. But um, we did it. I got through it. I I actually I actually pulled my uh, sh- my calf muscle probably about a mile into it. And I got to tell you, I was I was dying. Um, the Lieutenant was running right next to me. He goes, he goes, did you just pull your muscle? I go, yeah. <laughs> he goes, well, what are you going to do? I go, I'm just going to finish it, man. I'm just going to do it. And I ran about two miles. Just, Oh my goodness gracious. But that's That's, that's what awesome. they, they participated. Now we have a, uh, we have the gladiator run coming up, uh, at the end of October. And there's a whole bunch of guys and gals from the police department. that are going to run on that too. So it's great.
0: So do you think that, uh, by you participating in some of these obstacle course races and doing crossfitting, it's rubbed off on some of your officers that they're uh,
1: getting the bug th- too. I think so. I think that a little bit, I think that it's more of like, Hey, the chief's doing it. <laughs> uh, man, he's like old, you yeah. know? So <laughs> what's my, excuse? you know, so, so maybe, so maybe I should do it too. I, I don't know. Um, I you know, maybe the, I, I mean, I, I hope so. I mean, that's kind of the point, you know, the point is, that, you know, I'm, I'm a leader and, leading by examples, what I should do.
0: That's awesome. Let's switch gears to mindset. I'm a big mindset guy and I love to hear from people who have uh, some, some hacks that, you know, overcoming challenges being uh, in law enforcement. There's obviously some, some days that you wish you didn't have to go through with some of the things that you guys are out there serving and protecting. And, you know, unfortunately there's some uh, situations you guys get into that are a little tough to see or tough to experience. Tell me right. a little bit about how you're able to compartmentalize your job during the day to where you don't bring it home and have it affect your relationships at home.
1: You know that is an excellent question, and I'll give you a, a, a an answer. And here's how you do it. And here's I, I should say, here's I, how I should how I did it. Um, when you're out there. Uh, on the job responding to usually bad things. You don't see people at their best in this job, frankly. Yeah. You know, you're not going there and wishing a happy birthday. Usually, you know, it's, it's, it's usually something bad <laughs> Yeah. anyway. So what you do is, is, you know, you have a goal. So I always have a goal at the end of the day, the end of the day. My goal is to go home with all my fingers and toes and hopefully all my teammates are going home with all their fingers and toes healthy wealthier and wiser okay and that's that's the goal so how do you compartmentalize each one of these interactions with say negative folks or angry folks and that kind of stuff yeah is at the end of the day i think i'm thinking okay my goal here is to go home and be safe so my job is to solve a problem if i can or you know at least mitigate the problem so i don't care what a Guy or gal says to me they can they could call me every name in the book. Okay. I doesn't matter to me I don't get mad about it. Okay, they can they can I mean literally say anything they want to me And it I will not get mad or get upset or get distracted by it because I have that goal Right. That goal That's is awesome. overrides everything, right? Um, so what you what you learn to do is you learn how to communicate and you learn how to listen to folks and people will always give you a tell. They're always going to give you something that um, becomes their currency. So Say, for example, if a person's upset because, um, you know, they can't sleep because a dog's barking, right? And the issue is they can't sleep. That's the biggest issue, right? Because this dog on dog's barking. So if you could some way mitigate that dog from barking by talking to the neighbor and saying, hey, neighbor, your neighbor's trying to sleep. Is there any way you could shut your dog <laughs> from you know from you know ten PM to six AM or whatever it is. Is there can you put him in a different spot? Is there you know what whatever you can do? And that's how you do it. And 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 that's a simple example, but but it does it kind of exemplifies what we're trying to do every day. We're trying to solve problems. That's a small thing. But to the guy who's who's not sleeping, it's a huge thing. You know, so at the end of the day, goal, go home. So solve the problems and go home.
0: Is that something that you teach to uh all of your officers?
1: Um, Have you I st- taught that. I think by example, I do, okay. you know, um, I could tell you that, uh, my contemporaries like other chiefs and leaders and stuff think that I'm insane for, um, being so open on social media or yeah. doing so many coffee with the cops and just kind of interacting with everybody. Um, because I think that they think that's risky, um, I, I think it's risky not to honestly, in my, in my opinion, uh, because I think that our job is to, I mean, I think people want to, to, to be, to know folks, they want to, they want to see a leader themselves, you know? That's true. So for example, if, if, you know, a guy or gal sees me out, you know, on my days off and they recognize me because I'm at the hardware store they're going to now associate, Hey, that guy is actually just a chief. And he's like the guy who also has gophers or whatever, you know, I mean, that's, and that's kind of where my wheelhouse is always serving and communicating and uh, being transparent. And that's, that's an everything. And that's why I think it makes some folks nervous. But for me, it's the only way I can do it.
0: We have a saying in sales that people don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care. And that's, right. that's kind of what I, I see that is happening with that social media and sharing as much as you do and having as many followers in the community as you do is people, I think, are able to see that, you know what, Chief Westrick cares about us. He cares about this community. He's not this guy that's out to get us. You know, he just wants to right. protect people and wants to make people feel safe in our community. And right. I think once people have that, that feeling about you, I think that really can uh, – Put a lot of people at ease, and you know it really, I think goes a long way to helping with this dynamic that uh, I think it's more a perception, I don't think is as much as we think, which is right. This, uh, you know, police against everybody, kind of mentality right. Well,
1: sometimes. I mean, think about it. P- police are you and me, and, yeah, and your neighbor. That's right. that's you know, right. I mean, Socrates had this great saying about about uh, you know folks that are arrogant. and in arrogance, he said, you know, true knowledge is knowing that you know absolutely nothing, okay? That's <laughs> and that's right. and that's the truth. You know, yeah. and 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 as soon as you realize that, you know, and you be, turn your ears on, boy, man, you could certainly solve a lot of problems that way. You really can.
0: Yeah, I agree it it, it doesn't just help in uh, police work. It helps in working with young people. It helps right. with uh talking with your spouse. <laughs> All of that stuff uh, makes a big difference. Hey, I've just got a couple more questions with you. I appreciate you spending some time with us. This is something I'd love to see how you answer this. Um, If you could put any message on a billboard that's on, let's say, on Highway 101, what message would you put up there?
1: You know, I I would always go back to to be the change that you want to see. Um, And I think that's literally uh, what I try to do every day.
0: That's awesome. I like it. Next one is, what item that's cost less than a hundred dollars has given you the most value?
1: You know, that's a good one. And um, my wheelhouse is communicating, so less than hundred bucks, it would be probably a pencil um, because you could do so <laughs> many things with that. You know, uh, you know, I I can with a pencil. I can I can record. You know, uh, a report. I can I can write poetry. I can draw a picture. Hmm. Um, I, I mean, I think to me, it's a great communicating. Po- I like communicating, so a pencil, easily.
0: That's awesome. That's a, that kind of wraps everything up. Started with uh, wanting to be a writer. Yes. And uh, went into law enforcement, and he still is a fan of the pencil. I love it. <laughs> hey, just uh, one last thing here. Um, when it comes to your social media... What has been some of the feedback that you've gotten um, from people that are in the community with as active as you are on Facebook and with some of your Facebook lives? What's some of the stuff that has surprised you as far as that goes?
1: So I've been doing Facebook stuff for a while um, as the – I was doing it as the acting chief of police. So I started doing it about 2013. Okay, I've been on Facebook since – what oh nine oh eight whatever it started but um as the acting chief back then and t- 14 um it was tough sledding and i gotta tell you it was all about trust um because yeah. it was p- people like oh my gosh we're spending all this time on social media what do you do go arrest bad guys you know all this kind of stuff right? right which which i get i totally got that and and um so for me it was i wanted to nurture it a- along and to show them what kind of a person I was and, and, and be honest and, and be open and, and again, listen more than speak. So I started doing that. Um, it was tough sledding for about a year, maybe two years. Um, but.
0: Tough sledding from a standpoint of criticism,
1: criticism. Yeah. A lot of, a lot, but there was support too. There was, a, there was, there was, there was a lot of support, but, but a lot of criticism too, because again, the narrative uh the national narrative was it wasn't really a big trusting thing for law enforcement right. so anyway fast forward a couple of years and we're having some tough things go on kind of all over the nation uh some racial tension uh involving law enforcement officers um, on school campuses uh in cities and some other big you know the fergusons that kind of stuff that occurred um here in hollister we didn't really get much of that. I mean, listen, it, it happens everywhere, but we we we've had some really nice transparency, great community relations here for for years now, um, and it's all due because the folks that live here in Hollister are so supportive of of public safety, and they know that if they ask me a question, I will always give them an honest answer, um, even if it's a hard question, you know, whatever it is. Um, so what I've learned is that folks want to, uh, they want to be able to talk to us. Most folks actually are very supportive of, of law enforcement. Uh, and I think it's about, it's a trust thing. You have to earn people's trust. I mean, that, and I think I've done that, um, because listen, when we've messed up, I've said, Hey, you know what? We messed up. When yeah. we've done great, I've said, Hey, this is what we did, but, um, you know, hopefully we can do better next time. That kind of stuff, you know, people appreciate um, that. Yeah. You know, and I, I think that, that also the, one of the things that I, uh, that hopefully I promoted and hopefully have it, is that I'm just like everybody else. You know, I, I, put pants on in the morning. I take a shower. I have to brush my teeth. Yeah. Um, I have the same worries. I have the same hopes. I have the dreams. I have a family, I have a dog, you know, like all those same things. And so, Hopefully they know that I'm just like them and and we're all kind of going through life together, you know, at the same time, experiencing the same things.
0: That's awesome. That's a a good place for us to wrap up. I really appreciate your time, Dave. Anytime. Um, You are definitely doing it right. And I think there's a lot that people can learn. And hopefully there's some listeners out there that have been able to get some fantastic takeaways to be able to apply to what they're doing I'm not going to just call you Chief. I'm going to call you Coach, Coach Westrick because, uh, <laughs> really, what you're doing is you're you're coaching a lot of people on uh, just how to live life and how to be uh, a good a good community member, and that's going to make uh, this world a better place in the end. And that is the the change that you want to see, Chief Westrick. Right. So, good job. Well, we Thank you, Tracy. Appreciate you being here, and uh, look forward to catching up with you soon.
1: Yes, sir. Have a good one. Thanks.